What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Good morning. Five minutes past the hour, Wednesday. April the 5th on the Morning Show with Preston Scott, Program 3558. More on this date in history in just a few minutes, but the big stories in the press box. Just want to tack on to something in the national news about North Korea. Guy who allegedly is a defector that got out of the country and a high-ranking official said, Kim, first of all, be careful of uh, walking through airports, right? Um... Apparently, Kim Jong-un, that his name? It's, who was his dad? What was, I get Ill. all the uns confused. Yeah, it was ill, now we're un, which apparently is what you get after you get ill. So, Kim Jong is technically their last name. And, and if I'm not mistaken, in uh, in Asian culture, the last name comes first. So, it's, so it, the way that we would say it, his son is un Kim Jong, and and dad or dad was ill king jong kim jong something like that anyway someone listening will correct me who's fluent in that stuff but the point of the matter is guy said yeah he's crazy and he has nuclear weapons and in fact they had placed get this classified information that is leaked out there says that they have a, a surplus of materials needed to make atomic weapons and have been selling their excess on the black market. That's a little creepy. He said that if he feels as though, meaning Kim Jong-un, if he feels as though the U.S. is going to attack in any way, shape, or form, he's going to float float a nuclear missile out. And uh, then things get very interesting. If that happens, because he'll target South Korea without a doubt. So uh, that's that's a story to keep an eye on, as is the story in Syria. We'll talk with uh, foreign correspondent with NBC Radio News in the third hour of the program. But right now, 72 dead, 400 injured. If that's even the right word, sick as a result of a chemical weapons attack that nearly all intelligence points to the Syrian government launching on its own people. Every report that I've read of villagers in wherever this stuff happened indicates that these were planes that dropped this stuff. Syria said their planes conducted a military strike and that it hit... um, rebel depots of ammunitions that were chemical weapons. All other intelligence says otherwise. Most, even Democrats, understand that this problem exists because Obama 
in August, September 2013, issued the red line ultimatum and never did anything. And that's a bipartisan reaction to this. This is this is due to Obama's ineptitude in foreign policy, which I'll just say you were warned of. Chicago, the 15-year-old that had the arrest warrant on the Facebook Live rape of a young girl, mom brought him in. Mom said, you, son, are turning yourself in, and she marched him down to the police department, and he is now in custody. Just saying. Way to go, Mom. Interesting reaction to the shooting of the three that were robbing a home in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Son was home, broke out the AR-15, and eliminated the guys that entered the home. The girl driving the getaway car waiting outside has been arrested for three counts of murder and other charges because of her involvement. She said she's not responsible, and the grandfather of one of the victims said the kid was wrong for shooting his grandson. More on that story. It's 10 minutes past the hour. It's the morning show. For music and radio, download the free iHeartRadio app today. No matter where you are, if the forecast in the rain calls for large hail, I've thought it over. Just park your car in a forest. That's your best bet if you don't have a garage. I don't have a garage right now. My garage is so full of boxes and stuff. Just stuff from the renovation we've been doing. I haven't gotten around to the garage yet. The garage is a May, June, July project for me. And hopefully come fall, I'll have full use of my home again. But seriously, I've witnessed one time in my life a bad hailstorm just decimate cars. I got a couple of dings in mine already that somebody gave me. Thanks. So if it uh, hails on my car, I just turn the whole thing in at this point. You know, just call the insurance company and see you, or it's, you're not even going to call. Sure, you got to call. Yeah, it's but you know. But I mean, have you ever seen? It'll be one deductible. Have you ever seen <laughs> hail fall and start breaking windshields and? and literally putting dents in cars. I've seen it once in my life. I've never seen it happen. I've seen the results of it. It's it's devastation. And and what's amazing is how helpless you feel. You're just watching. And there's nothing you can do. Forget your own car. It's like you're just... I, I watched a parking lot full of cars just get destroyed. And it was just awe-inspiring. Huh. And then you realized, yeah, don't go outside. <laughs> it popped in the in the melon with that. That's no good. Yeah, I saw one car that was the the result of a hailstorm. It looked like a golf ball. Yeah, just dimples everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this date in history. On this date in history, Pocahontas and John Rolfe were married in Jamestown, sixteen fourteen. In sixteen twenty one, the Mayflower set sail. Returning to England. 
And um, in 1933, Dr. Everts Graham performs the first operation to remove a lung in St. Louis, Missouri. That had to be a little frightening. Ooh, that'll take your breath away. A couple days ago, I had talked, maybe it was last week, I talked about the formation, the start of the Pony Express. You guys know anything about how that worked? Well, one guy would ride a certain distance until his horse got tired or it was a predetermined, and then he would hand the mail off to the other guy, and he would ride. And Pretty, pretty accurate, though not exactly. It was an amazing organizational feat. They had a 1,900-mile route. And they had 190, roughly, stations every 10 to 15 miles where there would be horses. They had over 400 horses and 80 riders. The riders would be paid $25 a week. And they would ride a leg of up to 80 miles. So they would get to... One station, switch to a new horse, and they would continue to ride another seven stops on average, and then they'd switch riders. And while one was going one way, one was coming the other. And so you'd get a little bit of a break, and then you'd be getting the, the mail going the other way. And so you were responsible for that rough, roughly 80-mile stretch. It's fascinating to me because at the time... Mail took multiple weeks, if not months, to get somewhere. With the Pony Express, they guaranteed mail delivery from one point to the next in 10 days. That's amazing that someone figured out how to pull that off and keep everybody together. And now I can text you while you're in the other room. The biggest danger is occasionally you would be attacked by hostile Indians. That would that would put a dent in your day, no doubt. But on this date, back in 1860, one rider was crossing one way and the other the next. 16 minutes past the hour. It's the morning show. King the questions you want the answers to. The morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Twenty-two minutes past the hour. Good morning. Morning show with Preston Scott. I don't know if you've seen the photos. the uh, The newest version of the Florida Everglades Python Challenge is underway. Two guys that uh, signed up: Leonardo Sanchez and Nicholas Banos. Part of the challenge. Programs designed to get rid of the snakes in the Everglades, and it's like, that's just not... I, I wish people would understand, uh, including our wildlife officials, you are doing nothing to put a dent in this problem. Nothing. Are we not supposed to try? No. 
not with what we're doing. It's a total and complete waste of time and money. We're, we're paying these people to kill these things, and we're not making a dent. Then what would you suggest? Well, let's back up for a second here. These two guys caught themselves a 15-footer, 144 pounds of sheer muscle. Uh, they got bit a few times doing it. I don't know if you guys can see the photo here. That's the mouth of this thing. Wow. And if you've, if you've studied or read at all about this stuff, the way a python does its thing, its, it's ta- fangs, teeth go backwards so that it, it, in essence, just keeps whatever it grabs, it's kind of, it's got barbs basically pointing back so it can't get out. And then it just, the jaw just kind of separates and in it goes. Anyway, seeing this, and and just for the sake of understanding, just walk out 15 feet sometime. For example, an NBA basketball goal to the rim is 10 feet to the top of the backboard, probably about 12 feet. Now add three to that. And that's the length of this snake. It's just, that's massive. Massive. And as I've said time and again, and this was a female snake, which is great. But one litter, whatever they would call it, I know there's a a, a technical term here of of snakes, averages seventy to a hundred. So for every one of these you catch. There are females out there producing 70, 80, 90 more. And in a good hunting season so far as they've done this, what, six, seven dozen snakes get caught? The equivalent of one litter? You've got to be kidding me. You think we're going to win this? Personally, I think the only chance that, that... you have is to find some way of um, dropping a nuclear bomb in the Everglades because they're it's over. Spokane, Washington is actually facing a really similar problem with guinea pigs, uh, as we learned yesterday from yeah. from David. I do believe that. What'd you find out? I didn't find out anything except maybe we should take the snakes to uh, Spokane, Washington. Well, here's the, yeah, that's the thing. It's too cold up there. Um, the Everglades is the perfect environment for these things. I mean, I I'll just tell you now, this this is over. We we've people releasing these snakes and allowing these snakes into the country to begin with. I I could care less whether your freedom of whatever. These things never should have been allowed to be sold in the United States in pet stores ever. Well, you can't just give up because you'll lose a lot of the indigenous wildlife we've already lost it the everglades they're gone think i'm wrong check out deer populations check out the populations of the of the larger rodents and it's done this balance is over we've lost the everglades belongs to rock pythons and burmese pythons and and the only i mean they're they're eating crocodile or alligators rather the only thing is going to be which what do they do when they run out of food and my concern is then they move out and we're going to have to start shooting snakes you're going to watch you watch it's going to be snakes in neighborhoods 
You, the facts. The morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Thirty-five minutes past the hour of the morning show, Wednesday. Good morning, everybody. Thanks very much for waking up with us. Your sensei of sensibility here, Preston Scott. David Allen, Ryan Carter over there in Studio 1A. Big stories in the press box. Tuesday, the suspected Syrian government attack using chemical weapons on its own citizens being condemned, not just here domestically, but uh, among foreign leaders as well. Our friend Simon Owen has more from London. The British Foreign Secretary, Boris Johnson, pointing the finger at the Syrian government. All the evidence I have seen suggests that uh, this was the uh, Assad regime in a barbaric attack on their own people. The Syrian government denying involvement. The UN Security Council meets later. It's not known if Russia, an ally of Syria's president, would support any resolution condemning the attack. Monitors say those killed include 20 children, saying people were in convulsions, foaming at the mouth and suffocating. In London, Simon Owen, Fox News. That would not seem to be an indicator of chlorine gas, which has been used before. Anyone that's ever gotten a whiff of uh, one of those basins that has chlorine tabs that you put in your pool, and if, uh, if left alone for a while, the plastic... Little wrappers will break apart just from age. And then you open up that bin and you get this flood of gas coming at you. It it can knock you out. It can absolutely knock you out, burn your lungs. I can't imagine what a chemical weapon version of that stuff would do. But this is something totally different. Reading reports yesterday on the description of the victims is horrifying. The possibility, I I just, I mean, we went from dozens to 72 people dead in a matter of hours yesterday. 400 injured in the attack. And there's reason to believe that um, it was done by Syria's government. They say, no, 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 we we conducted a military strike with our airplanes and we hit a, a depot of of weapons and ammunition that rebels have been using. Well, there just isn't evidence based on what I've seen so far to support that. If you go back in time, you go to August, September 2013 and Barack Obama's red line, don't do this again or else. And it was crossed multiple times and yet again. You know, the question becomes, and this is really the question of the day, I think. Whether it's North Korea, whether it's Syria, what is the point where America says, okay, we'll do this ourselves? Is there a point? Now, in both situations, whether you're talking about Syria or whether you're talking about North Korea, the United States has allies and interests in the regions there. Is that enough? 
Those are those conundrums that I don't think you can fully appreciate the weight that falls on the back of a president. What would you decide? How would you make that call? More big stories in the press box next. It's 40 minutes past the hour. Always looking for the truth. It's the morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Forty-one minutes past the hour. Got to let the intro run on that one a little bit. Robert Palmer. He managed to be hip for a while after he was aged a bit. He did a good job. More, uh, more big stories in the press box. The Chicago Facebook Live sex assault. 14-year-old boy was arrested over the weekend. 15-year-old weren't placed out for his arrest. Mama caught word of that one. And Mama grabbed young man and said, we are going to the police station and you are turning yourself in, Buster. And so according to the Chicago Tribune, 15-year-old boy and his mother showed up the city's west side. So the teen turned himself in. Investigators believe there were... uh, There are multiple videos of the attack. Other juveniles and an adult may be arrested. Police have moved the girl whom they describe as traumatized to a home outside the neighborhood. In a brief interview with the girl's mother on Monday, she said her daughter is in a uh, safe place, has not returned to school. Yeah, what do you do with that when you're being harassed? You're being targeted by kids in the neighborhood. You're being harassed in social media. If you're that family, you got multiple kids. I mean, you know, just for a second, put yourself in that spot. Can you afford to just up and move tomorrow? Yet you've got a child that has been devastated by sexual assault, multiple rapes, now being targeted for what? Outing them? For complaining? For filing a chart? Really? Is that where things are in Chicago these days? But just for a second, imagine you're the parent there. What do you do with that? Shut it down? Shut down your career? Shut down your job? I mean, yeah, that's what you do. That's what you have to do. You have to protect your children. At all costs. But my gosh. You know, you wonder... I've not seen one thing yet, one comment yet by Rahm Emanuel on this story. Now, maybe he's made the comments. I don't know. Rahm Emanuel, the mayor of Chicago, seems to be really hell-bent on protecting illegal immigrants in his city. And not much else. Now, I mentioned this story last half hour. Family of the dead. Now, they call it burglar. Let me, let me. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. I ask you this. You're at home. Apartment, house, doesn't matter. Three people break in. They break into your home. They're wearing black. And they're wearing masks. Do you wait to find out if they've got guns before you say, uh, time to leave? And when they don't, you shoot them. The young man in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma now has been condemned by the grandfather of one of the victims, a Leroy Schumacher. No reason his grandson to die over the attempted robbery. Really? What these boys did was stupid. They knew they could be punished, but they did not deserve to die. Well, maybe you shouldn't engage in actions that could lead to that. The girl driving the getaway vehicle who has been arrested and charged with three counts of murder because she participated in the commission of a felony where three people died, she's being charged with the murders. She's 21. I I mean, we've talked about this. Talked about it a couple weeks ago with J.D. Johnson. She says now in interviews, she feels guilty, but not responsible for their deaths. She said, the three could have been shot in the legs. One had a knife, the other had brass knuckles. What do you think their intent was if they encountered somebody? Just saying. And the family makes excuses. 46 minutes past the hour. It is the morning show with Preston Scott. His job to keep you informed. The morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Fifty-two minutes past the hour. News, top of the hour. Keep rolling on the morning show here. Busy, busy time of year. A lot of events. Of course, we've got two this weekend ourselves. We've got the uh, Heinz Nursery event coming up on Saturday. We've got Tom McCubbin coming on the program Friday. Then he'll come in town Friday afternoon, evening, and do the show live, his, uh, his statewide syndicated program. From the WFLA studios on uh, Saturday morning. Then he'll come out to Heinz Nurseries. The gates open at 8. The event starts at 9 with a live broadcast. And we'll have uh, we'll have a lot of fun out there. A lot of prizes, a lot of drawings, a lot of food. And you might win a one-hour one hour consultation with Tom. And uh, Tom does his presentation beginning at 10 a.m. So it'll be a lot of fun. I think you'll really enjoy it. 
Then the uh, FSU spring game that afternoon. Uh, if you're interested in going to the Champions Club and joining me and my family, you uh, go to fsuclubseats.com and get yourself seats. Uh, we're going to have a special pregame show for the uh, for those of you at the Champions Club. I think you'll have a lot of fun. We'll talk more about that as the week goes on. fsuclubseats.com. We've got the um, the veterans stand down coming up April 21st and 22nd at the uh, North Florida Fairgrounds. That's a huge event to help primarily homeless vets in the area. And so that you know get that on on the calendar of anyone you you might know. And uh, in Panama City, the uh, the 2017 Gulf Coast Salute Open House and Air Show, the Thunderbirds performing on the 22nd and 23rd at Tyndall Air Force Base. And the gates open at 9 a.m. and admission is free. Remember the time change. Just remember the time change. 10 a.m. local, uh, our time. 9 a.m. their time. Have you ever seen an event where the Thunderbirds are at? Um, no, Blue Angels. Oh, well, I'm sorry about that. What? Yeah, because, well, I grew up in the Air Force, so you can sit over there and what all you want, but uh, Thunderbirds are the best. And I'm, I'm, I thought the Blue Angels were the Air Force. No, Blue Angels is Navy. You sure about that? I'm positive. Okay. But I'm hoping to make that event. I can't, I can't wait. I love to see the Thunderbirds perform. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, those kind of air shows, a lot of fun. There's a lot of things involved. To, uh, so anyway, my point is lots of stuff going on this time of year. That's a very good thing. Um, this is funny, at least to me. It's never too early to shop for a Halloween costume, apparently. But one for sale on Amazon is not sitting well with some shoppers. It's a unisex white jumpsuit that looks like a brick wall emblazoned with the words Mexico will pay on the front, based on President Donald Trump's efforts to build a border wall between the U.S. and Mexico. Some people want the item removed from the site, and in a petition to Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, those unhappy with the costume say it's a modernized version of a Ku Klux Klan robe. A rep for Amazon did not return Fox News' request for comment. In the last year, Amazon did pull a sexy burka costume and a doormat with the word Allah on it from the site. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. A modified Ku Klux Klan robe. Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's how I would view that. <laughs> Look, they didn't pull Black Lives Matter merchandise. Uh, David, you don't understand. That's cultural appropriation. Once again. But it was pointed out to me that they do sell Blue Lives Matter merchandise, so it all balances out. Unbelievable. Speaking of Amazon, I don't know if you heard. They got the rights to uh, stream Thursday Night Football from Twitter. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Now, you got to be an Amazon Prime member, though. Well, I am. And so uh, you're going to get to stream NFL football games uh-huh. on Amazon. I, I, I also have the NFL Network, and I won't watch a Thursday night football game, so why would I want to stream it? Just saying. Yeah. 7 o'clock hour awaits, 6 o'clock in the Central Zone. It's the morning show. minutes past the hour hour number two of the morning show with preston scott wednesday april 5th good morning 
If you are just rolling out of the rack, thanks for joining us wherever, however you are listening. We appreciate it very much. More email coming in. Not only do we have VA clinics across the country, VA facilities without the president's portrait, now apparently uh, prisons, federal prisons do not have the president's portrait out. Just getting email from workers at uh, correctional facilities telling us. So uh, interesting, 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 interesting. Joe Gomez joins us from Washington, our national correspondent. Good morning, Joe. Hey, good morning. Uh, the Democrats are filibustering. I'm just curious. Uh, filibustering, I guess, technically comes in two forms. There's what what they're engaged in right now, just endless talking. And then there's just, okay, we've got the votes to stop going forward with 60. Uh, and that technically qualifies as a filibuster. What's the point of this? Well, I guess the point is to hopefully uh, try try to convince some Republicans to vote against Gorsuch, but uh, I mean, ultimately, that's not going to happen. It's just a delay tactic. It's to obstruct or slow Congress down um, to a halt. It's basically to really upset uh, Republicans and just throw a monkey wrench in the way Congress works and hope that you'll get your way um, eventually. But but real, and the reality of it is that uh, Republicans have the uh, majority in the Senate and the House. They also have the White House, and so Republicans can simply uh, pull the uh, nuclear option and uh, and end debate with the majority, and then confirm uh, Judge Gorsuch to the Supreme Court with that same majority. Joe, I don't understand how a guy like Chris Coons, who by all accounts seems to be a pretty bright guy. How can he go on these diatribes accusing the Republicans of changing precedent, blah, 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 when when the Democrats did this very thing in 2013 to pack the lower courts with Barack Obama's appointees? I, I don't I mean, how does he get away with that? I don't know. I mean, it, it does seem uh, like a bit of hypocrisy. I mean, clearly the Democrats did exactly that uh, in 2013 with a warning from Republicans that was going to be a ghost to uh, come back to haunt uh, Democrats. I mean, uh, uh, Reid was very excited to uh, get uh, Obama's nominees uh, through the Senate, get those lower court judges appointed and approved. He nixed the filibuster then, and so now Republicans are nixing the filibuster here. But I guess now the you know, now, now there's a lot on the line because it's, it's a Supreme Court justice, right? A Supreme Court nominee. That's a lifetime uh, appointment, and it's to the highest court in the land. And so Democrats are using this, I guess, as a staging area against uh, Trump and against Republicans, hoping that this is going to rev up the Democratic base. But uh, I'm not sure this is the time to fall on that sword necessarily. Yeah, I just, I question, well, I would not even doubt for a second that if there had been a Supreme Court nominee uh, in 2013, the Democrats would have done the exact same thing just as they did for lower court appointees. Joe, let's change gears and talk about Susan Rice for just a second. If if you're you're a media guy, you're you cover these people, how do you take anything she says when at least in this latest story, she is given two different versions of her own recollections. I mean, it's hard to. It really is kind of hard to uh, to uh, trust her credibility at this point, I guess, because uh, with PBS NewsHour, she said she had uh, no idea what Congressman Devin Nunes, the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, was talking about when he was discussing an unmasking of individuals uh, by uh, the Obama White House. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, yesterday with MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell, she said, oh, well, you know, I, I did request uh, to unmask some individuals, but that was because I wanted to protect the country. And so she's, she's saying two totally different things. I mean, ultimately, she's going to be called probably, my guess, is before the Senate Intelligence Committee. And that's when things are going to really get interesting. Joe, as always, thanks for the time, brother. Be well. Thanks. All right. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Joe Gomez. Ten minutes past the hour. It's the morning show with Preston Scott. iHeart Radio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Eleven minutes past the hour. Morning show with Preston Scott. Later on this half hour, did Susan Rice break the law? Got some interesting comments here from Greg Jarrett, Fox News anchor and former attorney who uh, has looked into the law. Uh, Big stories in the press box this morning. Uh, Obviously, you've got this debacle going on in the Senate. I don't know why in the world this guy is talking. Okay, they have the votes to stop the normal process of confirming a justice. What's he doing? You almost expect an aide to go, um, Senator Merkley, you you know you don't have to do this. We we've we've got all the votes we we need to stop this. Now they can go ahead and drop the nuclear option, but there's no point in what you're doing, sir. And then what? Does he pull an Emily Latella? Never mind. I mean, does he retract? Their, I mean, his commentary, any filibuster is comical. Because once they get through the, the important points that they're filibustering with, then they just talk. They're just talking. And this guy's already gone through his charts. He's... <laughs> He's probably talking about Oregon and the NCAA tournament and looking at the roster and doing the backgrounds of each of the players. I mean, that's what that's what these people do. You know, and they they just they can talk about anything they want. It does not have to be relevant to the issue that they are and I personally think that this is just silliness. But He's going to do it until, I guess, they turn the lights out or something. So at that point, what do you do? Pull up your Twitter account and just start reading stuff? Well, yeah. I mean, you pull up anything you want. You just start reading and you have someone charge your, you know, you switch devices and stuff like that. And yeah, you just, 
whatever you want. You just by the way, that's at David Allen on air. Oh, jeez. And, and Ryan, I was there when he followed you. David, David has followed you, and so uh, so Jim Fisher too. So thanks, Jim. That's so, at the Ryan Carter. <laughs> and so, how, how many followers are you up to? Oh, I have way more than David. Like you have six. David literally has six. <laughs> and how many do you have? Two hundred thirty-two. I'm Tallahassee famous. Do you really? I yeah. Yeah, that doesn't well, count. Is, it's all of his friends from college. So is this? I, mean, I thought you didn't have any. No, yeah, no. I'm very. I'm. I'm a big deal, Preston. Mine just started. Thanks, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> uh, chemical weapons attack in Syria. This administration will handle this very differently than the previous. And both parties acknowledge that Barack Obama really dropped this one big, um, and has enabled. Um, Bashar Assad to continue to kill his own citizens. I, you know, but again, I, I just want to double back. I think it's really important when you're talking about North Korea and you're talking about Syria, and we're sitting here, we're going, this is horrible. North Korea is is ready to drop a nuke on South Korea. Syria is dropping chemical weapons on its own citizens. I think it's important to just go through the exercise. What would you do if you were president? How would you approach this? President has said that he's going to try and get China's help. If China doesn't help, we'll go it alone. Well, what does that mean? It's just that's that aspect of foreign policy, I think, is very, very, very challenging and confusing. Uh, the 15-year-old involved in the Chicago Facebook Live sex assault, his mom walked him into the police station, turned him in. He walked in with mom. Where to go, mom? It's uh, 16 minutes past the hour. When we come back, a couple more stories in the press box, plus some events coming up you might want to think about attending. It's the morning show with Preston Scott. You covered traffic and weather every 10 minutes. It's the morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. 21 minutes past the hour. It would be horrible to lose a child, a grandchild. I know, sadly, some of you can relate to that tragedy. I. I don't know how. I mean, obviously, you would you would just have to figure out a way to pick up yourself and find a reason to draw a breath in if that were to happen. But I I can honestly tell you, I I don't know how you do that apart from God's help. However, if my child or my grandchild we're involved in breaking in and robbing a home, burglarizing whatever, involved in illegal activities and met an untimely death. I don't know that I would be blaming the person who in this case was inside his home and when confronted with three people wearing all black who had broken into his family's home, pulled out an AR-15, 
told them to get out. They didn't. One was carrying brass knuckles, the other carrying a knife. Third person, don't know that they had anything. A car's waiting outside. I don't know that that I'm going to blame the person who is being robbed. And that's robbery, by the way. That's not burglary. Burglary, if I'm, I mean, maybe there's a nuance to this that I don't fully know, but burglary generally is is an unoccupied business or residence. Robbery is when you are taking things from while there is a person there. You're robbing them. The grandfather of one of the victims in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, said, and I quote, what these three boys did was stupid. They knew they could be punished for it, but they didn't deserve to die. So what are you suggesting then, that the young man who was then outnumbered three to one just take the brass knuckles and someone with a knife? I I get grief. I I get it. I I don't get dumb. I don't get excuse making. I I don't understand that. Additionally, the young girl, the getaway car driver, now facing the possibility of being, I mean, she's jailed on murder and uh, burglary warrants. I don't know why they're burglary, but whatever. She said that she feels guilty but not responsible for their deaths. Well, grand jury might think otherwise. In a television interview, don't know why they would give her a television interview, but whatever. She said she feels guilty but believes the three could have been shot in the legs. Well, that's not what you do. You know, you you that's... That's not how, if you've got to discharge a weapon against a situation where you are threatened, and I would call that a threatening situation. If someone broke into my home, and period, forget the and, forget the wearing black, forget the brass knuckles, forget the knives, it doesn't matter. If someone breaks into my home and I'm there, they're going to get shot. It's just that simple. I don't, I, I, it's so hard for me to get my mind around excuse making for this kind of stuff. What these boys did was stupid, but they didn't deserve to die. Well, maybe they shouldn't have broken into the home of somebody. Maybe they should not have done that. Last little story here. David's breathing a sigh of relief. Maybe. I don't know. How do you feel about this? North Carolina partially repealed the infamous HB2, the bathroom bill, and now the NCAA says, um, okay, you can have championships again. You can you can host championship events, okay? How do you feel about that? I I, I don't know. How did they what parts did they repeal? What what did they leave? I still feel like they caved. Cities won't be allowed to enact their own policies until 2020. 
But um, they they basically gutted the bill as you know, stating that it was based on gender birth certificate. As I understand it now, the only difference is that local communities can't enact their own thing. It can't. It just comes from the state. So whatever that means. They capitulated. That's what they did. They capitulated. Love saying that word. 27 minutes past the hour. Time for news. Big stories in the press box and more in the morning show. His opinion. He just happens to be right. The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Thirty-five minutes past the hour. It's the morning show. We're halfway through the broadcast. It's Wednesday, April the Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Five. Program 3558. David Allen, Ryan Carter over there. Big stories in the press box. I've asked you to consider this story. And I think, I think we have a responsibility to at times look at stories and just peel back the onion a little bit and get a little deeper. And I understand what happened in Syria yesterday is horrifying. Setting aside the possibilities of posturing it would seem as though there is consensus among world leaders that Bashar Assad gassed his own people. Death toll 72, several hundred injured. My question is, whether it's Syria... North Korea's saber-rattling, which has become now a little bit more intense because defectors are saying, now, are they defectors? Are they plants? Things to factor in. Saying that the, the leadership in North Korea is prepared to put a nuclear missile out there and that they have created several and, in fact, are selling off excess radioactive material to the highest bidder. Because they have what they need. So what do you do if you're the leader of the uh, the United States government? What do you do with North Korea? What do you do with Syria? I know this. 
it would be fair to say Barack Obama was within his right to take a position of this is wrong. We know that they're doing this. The international community needs to come together and figure out a solution. But we're not going to intervene. I I wouldn't necessarily agree. I wouldn't necessarily disagree. I don't know what I would do. But I know this. I would not put a line in the sand, verbally or otherwise, have it be crossed and then do nothing. You don't put a line in the sand. You don't do that. Everybody agrees that the United States was dramatically weakened. And for, you know, anyone who wants to say, come on, you sound like a schoolyard boy that's been dared. Who cares? Well, it matters because lives matter. When you say there's a line in the sand, there's a red line out there now, and you and and whoever you put that line against crosses it and you do nothing, you've led to more deaths. You've not solved anything. But I think it's important for, for you to think through, okay, so what is the answer? You know, Trump's answer is with North Korea is going to try and sit down with China, get China to understand that it's important for them to help. And perhaps there are a lot of levers that you can, and I would think there are a lot of levers that can be used in that scenario to craft some kind of agreement with China to work covertly to to deal with North Korea. North Korea depends on China greatly. But I I don't want to fall into the trap of, well, you just need to go bomb the crap out of them. Maybe we do eventually. I don't know. But it's a complicated situation, isn't it? Made more complicated by poor foreign policy, which we've suffered under for eight years. Maybe longer. There's more to talk about, including were the actions of Susan Rice illegal? That's next on The Morning Show. Weekend weather on the tens and the truth all the time. The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Forty-one minutes past the hour. You heard Joe Gomez, or maybe you didn't hear Joe Gomez. Top of the hour, our national correspondent from Washington. I asked him, as a reporter, what do you do with Susan Rice? Former U.N. ambassador for the United States, former national security advisor to Barack Obama. And by all accounts, right in the middle of this Trump, Trump advisors surveillance debacle with uh, dealing with Russia. Joe Gomez said, well, she she has no credibility. 
She told one story a few weeks ago and has told a completely different story now. Greg Jarrett of Fox, an anchor and attorney, is starting to do a lot of legal work for Fox where he takes stories and he breaks them down from the legal perspective. He writes, all of which invites the question, did she break the law in the waning days of the Obama administration when she served as national security advisor? Rice acknowledged in the interview with Andrea Mitchell. She requested the names to be unmasked, but she insists she did not do it for political purposes. That is an important distinction. Under the U.S. Signals Intelligence Directive, Section 18, who knew that existed? Rice was authorized to unmask names of U.S. citizens as long as it was essential to national security. That's what Rice is saying. It would be difficult for a prosecutor to prove otherwise. But if such an email exists, or if someone were to come forward to allege that Rice verbally confided her motivation was for political reasons, she could be looking at a serious felony punishable by five years behind bars. Whoever leaked Michael Flynn's name or any names collected incidentally during surveillance committed multiple crimes because none of those na- because those names are classified information. That is something Rice is saying today. Rice now Susan Rice is now saying that the people leaking information are breaking the law. It's convenient for her to say it now, isn't it? Under 18 USC 798, it is a felony to knowingly and willfully communicate classified material to an unauthorized person. You mean like Hillary Clinton did with her emails? Is that what you mean? A similar law, 50 U.S.C. 1809, forbids the unauthorized disclosure of national security information. Three other statutes may also have been violated. So you've got Susan Rice telling multiple stories to the media. Most of the media not willing to hold her accountable. That will change if she appears before Congress. When asked if she would testify, she has not been willing to answer. The problem she's facing is that in her interview with MSNBC, she said, I leaked Nothing to nobody and never have. Really? Really? You've never leaked any information ever to anyone? You can believe that if you want. If that's true, she would be the only one in Washington that's probably never done it. And I would simply point out that the track record that she has of being dishonest would seem to disqualify her from being the uh, the one virtuous person inside the Beltway. 46 minutes past the hour. It is Wednesday on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. One thing your mom would say you should do because everyone else is doing it. You're listening to The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Fifty-one minutes past the hour. Congratulations, Panama City Beach.
Tourism Development Tax Collections, which is a measure based on stays in hotels of how you're doing tourist-wise, up 14.5% for the fiscal year. And February was a record. Well done. I say that because that is just clever marketing. That is weathering the storm of saying we are not going to be the party capital of Florida for spring break anymore. We're just not going to have it. And staying the course. Good job. We had Dan Rowe on the program, remember, from uh, Visit Panama City Beach? Their strategy is working. And so uh, those of you listening in the Panama City, Panama City Beach area, good on you. This is good news for you. To those in the surrounding area, there you go. Head to Panama City Beach. They've recreated themselves. Family-friendly destination. And um, that's, that's great news. Now, because I can, let me take you just moments ago. Here is... U.S. Senator, Democrat, Jeff Merkley of Oregon, 10, 11 hours into his filibuster. But Trump never should have been handed this opportunity. The seat was Obama's to fill, subject to Senate advice and consent. Since he's going to pause, I'll take advantage. Not necessarily. Doing some pretty in-depth research on this, yes, there have been some vacancies filled. But there is also precedent that no, vacancies aren't filled. And here's the lesson. You didn't control the the Senate. Oh, well. When you start playing loose with uh, parliamentary rules, as Democrats did in 2013, you pay the price. And he fulfilled his constitutional responsibility in good faith, only to be kneecapped. Riveting. Only to be kneecapped by a body that would neither advise nor consent, but merely gummed up the machinery in a transparent effort to preserve the court's conservative majority. And what is it that Democrats did in 2013 to the lower courts? by suspending the rules and not allowing there to be any, repeat, any blockage, filibuster of lower court nominees? The GOP's feeble justification for its behavior that an appointment made by a duly elected president was somehow illegitimate because he had only 10 months remaining in office, was believed by no one. <laughs> Jeff Merkley, United States Senator from Oregon. <laughs> Did you hear? And, and you, you, only, you only, he's so tired. He's been talking for 10, 11 hours now, 12 hours. And he can't form his words. You've remaining, and it was never. It's just so funny to listen to this poor guy. 
And here's the thing. There's no point in him talking. The, the 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 commentary by Senator Jeff Merkley is such that not only is what he's saying just flat out 100% hypocritical, we talked about that with Joe Gomez as well. You know, I, I, I said, how do people like Chris Coons, now Jeff Merkley, how do they stand up and say what they're saying? You know what this speaks to? This speaks to the problem that we have today with the what the liberals and progressives always refer to as the echo chamber. Repeat it often enough and people believe it. The Democrats are talking themselves into trying to forget that they started this. And to those of you that say two wrongs don't make a right, the reality is these are Senate rules that can change at any time. These are not based on the Constitution. These are just rules. Okay, well, the rules changed in 2013. There wasn't a Supreme Court appointment. It was a bunch of lower court appointments. And Obama stacked the deck. These guys seem to be oblivious to that. They're playing with fire. And they will lose this one. And Mr. Merkley will have no reason for what he's done. It's time for news and more. Five minutes past hour number three of the morning show with Preston Scott. Good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Wednesday, April the 5th. It is program 3558. Standing by in Studio 1A, David Allen and Ryan Carter. I'm here in Studio 1B. Charlie Strickland's here with me. We'll be joined by Charlie in just a few minutes. In fact, maybe even early. Um, I might get him to weigh in on a couple of these stories here. Uh, Big stories in the press box. The attack of the Syrian government. And I'm going to say that because domestic foreign intelligence all indicate the same thing. Bashar Assad, the head of Syria, has used chemical weapons on his own people again. To what end, I don't know. I I mean, is the point to intimidate? Is the point to um, try to uh, sow discord uh, in in people that are embedded trying to give out information? I have no idea why you kill your own people like that. Um, But 72 dead, 400 plus injured in the chemical attacks. It puts the United States in a tough spot because, remember, there was the red line put in the sand by Barack Obama in 2013, and Syria crossed it repeatedly, and we did nothing. Last half hour, we talked about the fact that if you're going to play the the role of the parent, David made an interesting analogy off air, and it was that, you know, if you're the parent and you're saying to your child, don't do this or else, there better be an, an or else, or else don't say it. Don't say, don't do that again or else. You know, don't don't play that role if you're not willing to be that. And the president, by saying, you know, we there's a red line in the sand here, and then nothing happened, both parties agree that that, that weakened our positioning in, in the Middle East dramatically, as did the political decision to pull troops out of Iraq prematurely. Um, you could write an entire book on failed U.S. policy in the Middle East and probably run out of room. But 
it does point to a conundrum face, facing uh, Donald Trump as the new president. Not just in Iraq, not just in Syria, but in North Korea as well. But that's certainly one of the big stories in the press box. Uh, Chicago Facebook Live sex assault. If you remember, yesterday we talked about the fact that a 14-year-old, may have been Monday, 14-year-old was arrested as being one of the rapists, a 14-year-old. A warrant issued for the arrest of a 15-year-old that they identified. Mama heard about it. And Mama brought the boy in. And he turned himself in yesterday to uh, Chicago police. That according to the Chicago Tribune. Police say that there are multiple videos of this. Remember, this went live. 40 people watched it on Facebook Live and said nothing, did nothing, made no phone calls. Those that witnessed the attack were videotaping it. And they are still looking for more juveniles and perhaps an adult in that case. I'm just wondering when Mayor Rahm Emanuel is going to say something. Generally speaking, when it comes to the violence in the west side of Chicago, south side of Chicago, engulfing the city of Chicago, the just remarkable numbers of shootings and deaths, silent. He really has been silent. He's certainly concerned about protecting sanctuary city status for Chicago, though. He's had a lot to say about that. The uh, grandfather of one of the teenagers that were robbing a home in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, criticizing the shooter for defending his home. Quote, what these three boys did was stupid, said Leroy Schumacher, grandpa, to uh, at least one of them. They knew they could be punished for it, but they did not deserve to die. I beg to differ. If you break into someone's home wearing black, one carrying brass knuckles, the other, I mean, what was that for? To, to, to break a break into something, the brass knuckles? Uh, the one carrying a knife? I'm sorry, but if you come into my home dressed like that, uninvited, there's likely to be a consequence, and it may not work out well for you. It's 10 minutes past the hour. Personal defense appropriately next on The Morning Show. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Eleven minutes past the hour. It's the morning show with Preston Scott. Twice a month on Wednesdays, we have uh, either JD Johnson or Charlie Strickland. They are the founders, co-owners of the uh, Talent Training Group, and it's talenttraininggroup.com. They come in studio and we talk personal defense. Charlie Strickland with me this morning. Charlie, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. You know the story. Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Kid defends his family home with an AR-15. Three robbers dressed in black. Two of them armed with deadly weapons or with weapons that would be considered to be used for some, you know, violent purpose. A knife and brass knuckles. Uh, They end up dying. Uh, The drive, the, the getaway car driver said they should have been shot in the legs. That's what should have been. Ha- that's what should have happened. Um, would you speak to that, please? Because there are people listening right now that agree. Well, what you have to understand first off, and real quickly, in Florida under Castle Doctrine, if someone forcibly and unlawfully enters your home or is attempting to forcibly and unlawfully enter your home, you can use deadly force. 
period. Shoot them in the leg, shoot them in the head. Legally, it's the same. Uh, deadly force is deadly force. If someone's on the outside of your front door, they are trying to kick it in, pry it in, bash it in, you can shoot through the door? If they have no right to be in the home, unless this is your wife trying to get I in. I understand. Right, then, then they have no right to be in the home. They have no legal claim to be in the home. Their children aren't in there, and you won't give them back. Uh, if uh, they're not wearing a badge, then you can shoot them through the door, okay. through the window. If they're trying to pry your window open with a screwdriver and they're trying to get in your house, you can shoot them in Florida and most states with the Castle Doctrine. You can do that. Uh, you don't have to drag them across the threshold the way people used to say. But but as a guy who you've spent your life in law enforcement, I'm sure you've heard that. Why can't you guys, you're supposed to be experts, just shoot them in the leg and disarm them? And I, I, you know what? I, if if they if they got brass knuckles and they're 30 feet away and I choose to shoot them in the leg, uh, I've been training cops for a long time and people for a long time. Yeah, good luck with that. If they're moving, you're trying to shoot a moving a, a kneecap as they're moving across the room. And every split second, not every second, every split second counts. Most people miss most of the time. Right. It's, cops miss the vast majority of the time. And people think under stress that you can hit exactly what you aim at. You know what? Shoot him in the hip. That's a great, and that's a tool we use if that's all you can see. The reason we teach center mass is because you aim for the middle of what you can see because you're going to miss. And the fact is, is a split second can mean the difference between them taking a weapon from you, especially you're talking about a, a child with a gun defending his home. Well, in this case, it was a young man. He was in his early 20s. Okay. Um, the fact is, is that if if they they can close the gap, I mean we're sitting mm-hmm. what four or five feet away. Um, if you if if you were staring at me trying to intimidate me, it, it, you could not pull a weapon off of this desk and hurt me before I could be on top of you. And if you pulled a weapon and I knew what I was doing, I could take it away from you. Right. So when people say, "Oh well, you know, do this, shoot them here, shoot them there," absolutely, you can do that, and you can make that decision. And if that's the decision you want to make in your heart, and you want to risk the damage that could be done to you and your family and mm-hmm. suffer loss and then make that decision, but don't criticize somebody else for making the smart decision and actually shooting in the center of what they can see and trying to stop the threat. Charlie Strickland with me from the Talon training group, Charlie, um, this segues nicely. We wanted to talk about the do's and don'ts. What you wear, can you carry? Uh, well, we have to talk about Florida because every law is in right. every state is differently. I mean, you can carry in a car, uh, in Florida and transport the weapon, it doesn't have to be um, in a holster. I mean, ha- you can carry in a, fl- in, in a car in Florida in your glove compartment, in your console. It just has to be not otherwise readily accessible and has to be securely encased. But if you go to Georgia's, it's also the same. If you go to Alabama, you can't. You have to put it somewhere that you can't get to it. So vehicle carry is fine as long as it's securely encased and not accessible to you. It can't be on your body. I want to talk more about that. I also want to talk about the uh, where we are right now with regard to, okay, carrying concealed. What, what do you need right. to be aware of? What don't you? We're going to continue our discussion. We've got another segment left. It's 16 minutes past the hour. It's the morning show with Preston Scott. Charlie Strickland with me. TalonTrainingGroup.com. Everything you need, truth and entertainment. The morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. 21 minutes past the hour. Personal defense segment, Charlie Strickland of the Talon Training Group. We're talking about where you can carry. Obviously, this is within Florida law that we're talking about. And I understand we have listeners all over the country, but this is Florida. 
And uh, Charlie, let's first distinguish carrying with and without a concealed carry permit. Yeah, what we you cannot carry concealed or openly in the state of Florida um, without a permit. Okay, you have to have a, a concealed weapons permit to carry, unless you're on private property. You, know, you can carry it at your business that you own, not in a common parking lot if you're in a strip mall, but on your property in your yard, you can carry openly without a permit because it's your property. Um, in your car, you can carry as long as it's securely encased and not otherwise readily accessible. Secure, Define securely. Securely encased is defined in statute. So if you look it up, Google it, read it, it says that it's snapped in a holster, zipped in a gun case, in a in a glove compartment or a console. Um, it's in a container that closes. Uh, it can be in a shoebox with the lid on it and the seat next to you. It's perfectly legal. Um, you can put a briefcase, you name it. Um, a lot of people say, well, I want to carry it in my, my console. Do I need to take, does it need to be unloaded and the safety on? No, it can be loaded around in the chamber, safety off, as long as it's in something that closes, snaps, or secures. It just cannot be on your person, tucked under your leg, or or, or, or worn by you. And that, Now, there's an interpretation that that's legal, too, but that's a gray area, and most cops don't know about it, so don't don't push the issue. If you have a permit a concealed carry permit, either recognized by another state in Florida or a Florida permit, you can carry on your person just like if you were walking around in public. You can get in your car and keep on going. Um, I'd recommend that you not have the gun openly. There's There, again, it's a gray area. Some people say you can, some people say you can't, um, depending on who you're talking to and how well they've researched the laws and who they've spoken to. So I would not have it open, plus it kind of when a cop stops you and walks up there and sees a gun open, you're probably going to get a gun pointed at you until you further this conversation. Now, once you carry in public with a permit, there are places that you cannot go. You can't go into a polling place. You can't go into a courthouse. You can't go into any federal facility, the, the post office. You can't carry in there. You can't go onto a university or college facility. You can't go into a public school or a private uh, daycare, places like that. They're places you cannot go. Um, and some of those laws are up for revision, and we will see after the legislative session what happens. You um, also, uh, I'm trying to think of, of other places you cannot go um, that are that are not really up for discussion. Here's a complicated one. And when you get your permit, you'll get a list of these things, and they're available online. Uh, uh a place that dispenses alcoholic beverages, mm-hmm. okay, a restaurant. You go into a restaurant, and um, you go into a restaurant, you're carrying concealed. You can go into a restaurant that serves alcoholic beverages. You can consume alcoholic beverages if you wanted to and have your weapon on as long as you don't get intoxicated or under the influence and have it in your hand available to fire. That's a different statute. But you cannot go into the portion of the restaurant that is licensed to dispense alcoholic beverages, so you can't go sit at the bar. So if you walked into a restaurant that has a line and they say, well, it's going to be 20 minutes, would you like to sit at the bar? Your answer should be no, um, because you cannot sit at the bar. You can't be in that portion of the establishment, but you can go sit at a booth um, and don't go to a place that is primarily a bar. I was going to ask, though, there are a lot of places that uh, have a bar section, Mm -hmm. restaurant section, but in the bar section, away from the bar, even though they'll serve food at the bar, They'll have tables there, and if it's busy in the restaurant, they'll say, do you want to be seated over here? And you can't. Okay. Not if you're carrying. Okay. You can go to a – there's a liquor store here in town, um, and they have a package store in the back where you can go sit and drink. You can go in the liquor store and buy a bottle of liquor, but you can't go in the back and have a drink. I mean, there's different portions. Okay. Because one is selling it, 
and one is serving it, and you can't be there. So uh, if anybody has any specific questions, we can always answer those. But Well, let me ask you this. If you've got a gun in your car, mm-hmm. whether you have a concealed carry permit or not, but it's you're following the law, let's assume it's being carried properly. Right. You're pulled over for a traffic infraction. Is it best to disclose that or only if asked? I as you know, I I stopped a lot of cars in my years. Um I always liked it when people told me because I figured if this person's a law abiding citizen got a gun, they sir, I have a uh, 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 a concealed carry permit. I have a fireman in the car. I figure this person's a law-abiding citizen. They probably got a break from me because you know this is somebody that was trying to do right, that was defending themselves and their family. You are not required in Florida to notify an officer. You don't have to disclose. You don't have to. Now, if you do expect that some officers will separate you from your weapon until the stop's over with, some officers will unload the weapon and hand it back to you unloaded, which mm-hmm. I think is unreasonable. I don't mm-hmm. think that they, I don't, technically, I don't think they have the right to do it because it's, it's, you haven't done anything other than speed. Depends on the situation. Um, disclose if you feel comfortable disclosing, but you are not required to. Okay. Um, now, if you're wearing it and the officer asks you to get out of the car, you better be about telling him that you have one on or else you're going to get planted face first in the ground and probably handcuffed until they get it off of you. That's just because that officer wants to go home. Um, And that officer's safety is paramount. Always good to have you in. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Charlie Strickland, TalonTrainingGroup.com is the website. 27 minutes past the hour. It's the morning show. Is this without caffeine? The morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Back with you, 35 minutes past the hour. It's hour number three, the morning show with Preston Scott. Good morning. Thanks very much for joining us this morning. We've talked about it a lot this morning. It is one of the big stories in the press box. The attack of civilians with chemical weapons in Syria. Joining us, foreign correspondent Bill Zimfer. Bill, good morning. Thanks very much for the time. My pleasure, Preston. Good to be with you. Tell me this. Um, it would appear as though Bashar Assad's denial is falling on deaf ears because this is one of those cases where it would seem the international community is in agreement he gassed his own people. Uh, yeah, uh, with the exception of Russia. Uh, everybody else uh, is in agreement that this was an act by the Assad uh, regime, uh, another attack on their own people under the guise of uh, fighting militant rebels. And uh, and they are also in agreement that they delivered a, a nerve agent on the on the people, uh, killing anywhere from you see anywhere from 70 to over 100 dozens of women and children included hundreds more uh, suffering respiratory effects from this agent. And uh, of course, you got an official denial from Syria. Russia's defense ministry says it was not Syria. In fact, they say the chemical release came from anti-government rebels who had stockpiled uh, chemical weapons on the ground, and that was hit by conventional airstrikes by the Syrian government. So denials all around here, but pretty much international agreement that it is another act of the Assad regime. One of the things that intrigues me in looking at the the prosecution of this war by Assad, I mean, he's fighting ISIS on one front, he's fighting his own people on another, trying to keep control of, of power inside the uh, the country. I'm trying to figure out militarily what the point of this would be i mean i i it's it would seem to be a no-brainer that he gassed his own people but but why well the the technique has been 
uh, in attacking your own people uh, to, to blame it on the militants and to try to deflect uh, who the real enemy is in this point. Now, some of the people, some of the citizens of Syria as well, uh, may be siding with the rebels and saying, okay, this, we've got to overthrow this government. Uh, then the government launches attacks on the civilians as well. And you know what, Preston, the, the numbers to me are just staggering, that uh, this was a country that had 22 million people before the Civil War got underway. Since then, you've had about a half million people killed in this war. You've fi- had five million leave the country, another six million displaced. So over the over half of the population of Syria has been killed, displaced, or left since this civil war began. That's, that's, that's remarkable. Yeah. So what's the Trump administration saying, and how does it differ from, and I mean, we've talked a lot this morning about the red line comment by Barack yep. Obama. And both sides of the aisle know that that was a bad mistake. But now let's, okay, what's done is done. What is Trump left to do here? Well, they, of course, have uh, come out and condemned the act. Uh, both Donald Trump and Secretary of State Tillerson have condemned the act. But what is next uh, remains up in the air. Uh, it is almost a no-win situation at this point, because if you decide to take any type of military action, you have to consider what exactly you're getting yourself into in the long run. Now, there have been international calls this morning by other world leaders for Assad to step down. So hopefully the United States can increase pressure on Syria in other ways, meaning maybe have Russia lean on them a little bit uh, to try to get Assad to step down and somehow get him out of there, because I think that would ultimately be the the only answer to this situation given last question for you bill and thanks yeah. for the time given the 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 shaky foreign policy relationships that the united states seems to have right now is there any coalition that could be cobbled together including regional nations it doesn't look like that is going to be possible at this point are you talking about a military coalition whatever would be required to get the desired outcome yeah, the only thing that uh, it could be a possibility would be an economic coalition, okay. but uh, that has been tried in the past, and I'm not sure that would work. I mean, uh, coincidentally, uh, European Union conference uh, get, is underway today in Brussels with 70 nations there, and they're talking about it. This is a big thing on their agenda, and I'm sure economic sanctions are something that is going to be talked about. The U.N. Security Council meets today uh, and may pass a resolution condemning the attack as well. Bill, good to have you on the program. Thanks for the intel this morning. You got it, Preston. Thank you. I appreciate it. Foreign correspondent Bill Zimfer. It's 40 minutes past the hour. It's the morning show with Preston Scott. Five minutes and he'll give you something to talk about. The morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. We just talked. It's the first time we've had Bill Zimfer on the program. We've got some really good correspondents working with us here on the morning show. And uh, really pleased. I mean, we've got now someone with a foreign desk. We've got uh, Joe Gomez, of course, national correspondent based in Washington. Another national correspondent, Sharon Reed, the favorite of the guys in the other room. Um, and then, of course, our, uh, our our stable of news experts from Fox. Uh, hope you appreciate the coverage. It's uh, good to be with you this morning. Other big stories in the press box, but let me. I want to circle back to that one. And uh, let me get David and Ryan to weigh in on this for a second. You're president of the United States. You've been confronted with this situation. It was handed to you by the Obama administration, i.e., four years ago, you did nothing. Economic sanctions, 
Or is there a need to take this a step further? Uh, Ryan and I were just talking about that uh, while you were on. And I'm not sure economic sanctions, what what do we... What well, kind of well, Russia Russia we... seems to do an end around anyway. So Russia's going to going to feed them and going to make sure they have cash is going to stockpile. I mean, Russia is going to maintain its relationship with Syria no matter what. Well, so are we. Isn't that where we get a lot of our oil? Well, I mean, not OPEC's they're one of the OPEC nations, I'm guessing, but OPEC and its ability to influence and impact our the West's oil situation seems to me we're beholden to them. So what kind nah, of economic sanctions can be placed on them? I don't know about that. The question becomes, can you, is, what is the best, what tool are you pulling out of the tool chest? I think it has to be military. Ryan's shaking his head. What would you do, Ryan, if you're president of the United States? Um, I... We already have like a small military presence in Syria. Obviously, we we helped uh, we have advisors, right? Advisors, we have, we have, right? Advisors. Somebody retook Aleppo, um, but I don't know if I'm this president and let let's say I just stepped into Donald Trump's skin tomorrow. Uh, uh, okay, number one, no more tanning. Number two, uh, I think. When you look at the approval ratings, you have to you have to consider what military intervention is going to do for that, and I don't think it's going to do well, and I don't think it it would it would bode well in the Middle East either. Is right or wrong based on approval ratings? No, that's you know right doing the right thing is never ever a popular thing to do in most situations. Um, doing the right thing. It can sometimes have a positive outcome and help your approval ratings but I mean, later but, on. But but let's look at the state of American culture right now. Doing the right thing at times is a moral decision. Would you agree? Because morality is the basis in which we determine whether something is right or wrong. In a country that is becoming less and less morally focused with a true north on its compass, can you ever make a decision of right and wrong based on the popularity of the pos- of, of, of the decision? I guess I was just weighing it in because really with Syria, it's I think it's a lose-lose. That's just the way I look at it. Syria is a powder keg. We all can agree on that. Yeah, I mean, well, if you're asking if, if, if morality can be cultural, no. I think morality can be hit. But isn't popularity in, in, as it relates to right and wrong interconnected? No. How so? Right is right and wrong is wrong. Yeah, but popularity of said decision is based on others, 51%, sharing your morality. I don't care. Okay, okay, okay. There's, you, see, you just you made see, my point. You see a dog on the side of the road, everyone's going to stop for a dog. That's That's popular, right? And that's the right thing to do. You save the dog. Well, no, that isn't what happens, but that's another story for another day. I did I did see a, a wreck because of geese in the news the other day, but that's another argument as well. Five minutes and he'll give you something to talk about. The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. 
just moments ago reminding you about the spring game saturday it's gonna be beautiful cool blur much cooler we're gonna have temps in the 40s at night after this storm blows through today and this evening um also on saturday the heinz nurseries event we invite you to come out and join us we will be there doing the show live sort of it's not going to be the show show that we do monday through friday like, I want to talk politics on the weekend, and you want to hear about it? No, 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 no. We're going to talk about gardening. I uh, I love being outside. I love working in my yard. It's a fun topic for me, and so Mary, Mary Hines will join me for the first half hour from 9 to 9.30. I just want to hear the word loripedalum. And I'm sure we'll discuss loripedalums. I just love that word. I'm I'm glad you do. And uh, and then Tom McCubbin will join me from 9.30 to 10.00. So we've got a we got a busy one hour show before the show. Tom McCubbin does his statewide syndicated program from the studios of WFLA here he'll, in Tallahassee. He'll be doing it with the best board op in Tallahassee running the show for him. No, David's going to be at the. Uh, That's so silly. That's that was just a silly joke, Preston. David's going to be at the at the site. Um. Then at ten, Tom does his live show. And when I say show, presentation, whatever, it's fun. It is informative. You will enjoy it tremendously. So get out to Heinz Nurseries. I don't care where you're listening to me from in the area. If you're anywhere in the area, come on out. You will have a good time. You will enjoy it. You'll learn a lot. And you'll have a chance to uh, eat some great food, breakfast, tasty pastry. Yeah, amen. Hamburgers and hot dogs from courtesy of Heinz Nurseries in the uh, at lunchtime. And so the food's on us and on on Heinz Nurseries. And uh, Mary's got everything on sale, and they're going to be giving away stuff, including a one-hour consultation with Tom, which is always good. So you can get a one-hour consultation with Tom in your yard. So uh, isn't Tom with us Friday? He'll be on the program Friday. You betcha. So uh, make sure you make plans. This Saturday, busy day. Time for the Morning Show 180, a look back at the radio program in 180 seconds or less. Of course, we've talked a lot about this uh, Syrian attack on its own citizens. It is overt. It is gruesome. It is not the fault of Barack Obama, but Barack Obama has played a role in the scene that is playing out in Syria. This is ultimately the decision of and the fault of Bashar Assad, the Syrian president. But I do think it's important, you know, we had a discussion just in the last half hour. It's not so easy to decide what you do, is it? Whether it's Syria, whether it's North Korea, it just isn't. Chicago Facebook Live sex assault. Mom brought 15-year-old that is wanted into the uh, police station. Mom uh, made it, made her son turn himself in. It's got to be so devastating as a parent. Assuming this parent tried her best. Still got to be so difficult. The uh, family of one of the victims in a home invasion shooting, they were invading, got shot and killed. 
said shouldn't have happened. Kids shouldn't have shot him. Well, your your grandson shouldn't have broken into a home that wasn't his. It's a really bad argument. NCAA will no longer ban North Carolina for her, from uh, hosting future championships. Whatever. Tomorrow, The Sims Family Murders, Episode 2.